0: During that speech, she kisses Booth, right? Because mm-hmm. she's kissing Nick. I'm like, if I'm Nick and I'm going through this, I'm like, you kiss this orc-looking mother Are you for real right now?
1: <laughs> Welcome to the What's Over Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic, Judge and Jerry. My name is JJ Crutter. I'm here with my co-host, Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerd? (laughs) And Ian Anderson.
0: Some shit.
1: As always, we appreciate your help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, what's where you can listen to all of our episodes. You can also sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive content and updates about our upcoming episodes. Pick up some sweet, sweet merch and interact with us by leaving comments on our episodes and send us an email and all the fun things. Question we always ask if you ever find yourself wanting to you spend the time, money, or both on a movie. To help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing Reminiscence. It was released August 20th, 2021. It was written and directed by Lisa Joy. It stars Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, Tandiwe Newton, and Cliff Curtis. Nick Bannister, a private investigator of the mind, navigates the alluring world of the past. When his life is changed by the new client, May, a simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears and he fights to learn the truth about her. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast, go watch this movie, come back, pick up You Left Off. If you don't mind spoilers, hang out with us because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. Guys, there's a lot of exposition and narration in this movie. Too much. Yeah, I think that's the first thing that I noticed is I like the fact that Lisa Joy created this new world, right? You have this post-climate change world where the oceans have risen enough to cover florida and miami and water and then you have this new technology of being able to look into memories and and project memories on a screen and use them as like questioning techniques interrogation things like that and you have this war that's hinted at over i'm assuming resources they don't really explain that war too much but you have all these backdrops but it's so complex that it needs so much exposition that the first 20 minutes of this movie you're listening to hugh Jackman. Explain the world that you're in so that we can get on with the story.
0: And you don't even get that much information, right? Like, we don't know how far the waters have come up. We don't know what exactly the war was about. We don't know if there's continued issues, if the water is still rising. And it seems like after a certain point, no one gives a fuck in this movie. It's like, here's the water. It's really high. Anyway, look at this chick. She's super hot.
1: And I think my
0: biggest disappointment was that I wanted
2: to know so much more about the world and I didn't Mm -hmm. care about the story that was actually going on because Mm -hmm. it would, it just felt so simple or familiar than this world did, which I always wanted to dive more into.
1: I agree. It does. The fact that the world was more, the world and the the circumstances they were in was more interesting than the actual storyline of this movie. And like the whole disappearance is part of what makes this movie suffer, at least in the first, three quarters of this movie because i'm with you and i wanted to know more about the border war i wanted to know more about the water rising i wanted to know you know i thought it was bitching to see people have to use boats as they're going down downtown miami and the fact that it's so hot and there's like obviously there's going to be some issues with like the air conditioner whatever that they're actually nocturnal now because the world is heated up so much that during the day it's too hot to do things and actually so i was so intrigued by that that yeah i missed the story i think that they needed to they they should have left out most of the exposition and all these little hints at what had happened and just start this movie in this world and make us figure it out as we go and not give us so much i think i would have liked
0: to see the movie base when hugh jackman was still in the military using the machine to interrogate people and I think you could have a cool oh, mystery totally movie agree. around that, right? There's some mystery trying to solve. So he's interrogating people and the water's rising and there's war and fighting. That would have, I think, been a more interesting movie than yes,
1: this. I agree.
2: If you're going to make such an interesting world, the story should impact that world. Like, and the way this mm-hmm. ends, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, it kind of, you know, got some unrest to finally boil over, but there's no real like, connection you could have told the same story without that world like yeah without the flooding without the you know i'm bitter well, about that
1: no <laughs> well not to jump to the end but let's jump to the end real quick and at least that portion of the end that you just mentioned ian and that is when it got to the end and he talked about the fact that this whole story got out and this rich family that created this whole problem in a, because of very stupid ass reasons though very common and to see that the world still have those same old stories of greed and and narcissism was really funny but i didn't like it took me a second to remember that they even talked about that there was an issue between what they called the barons the rich people and the common folk so it was one of those things where <laughs> i was really torn to me like they tried to drop that payoff of there's this unrest and they're unseating the barons. Now there's like this new revolution style. And I was like, yeah, but you didn't connect me to anyone other than Hugh Jackman and Tandy, Mm -hmm. Tandy and Newton enough to, for me to even care about that. So I was like, that's just a waste of story to me.
0: I watched it with my brother. And at the end he was like, I think I missed why people are rioting. And I think that's very indicative of their (laughs) storytelling. Right. So it's just like, no one is, no one is invested in that whole social revolt story because they didn't, that's not what the story is about. The story is about Hugh Jackman having a hard on uh, for Rebecca Ferguson,
1: right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and having some crazy stalker skills.
1: Yeah. Well, and I laughed because Casey was asking me, like we watched it pretty late too. And she was like, why do I know her again? And I was like, Oh, she was in the, she was the opera singer from the greatest showman. And I was like, and they had great chemistry in that movie. Mm -hmm. So you know that these two were paired up in this movie because of the fantastic chemistry they have. And they do. Like, it's palpable, the chemistry those two have on screen. And I will say that the top, like the the main four actors in this movie that I named. So you have Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson. Then you have Tandy Wade Newton and Cliff Curtis, who plays the crooked cop. Mm -hmm. Those four are four fantastic actors. And they brought, Everything they had to this movie, but it was so convoluted, the story, I feel like that I was watching three different movies is what it really felt like. And so I was like, I was getting whiplash as we were jumping around. And it, it's funny that we watched Shang-Chi because I talked about in that review how that movie used flashback and turning back the clock in the most perfect way and it wasn't about a movie a movie about that but it it led us to the stories that we loved and these character progression like you talked about Javier but this movie which is really about going back like that's what this whole movie is about is using the past and memories to m- impact the future really missed the boat with their flashback stuff in most cases and it just it wasn't as interesting and it didn't drive the story the way it should especially considering that that's what this whole story is about more or less so i felt like they really failed in that way.
0: I'd be really curious to have like a memory specialist. I don't know, a therapist, because it's like, I don't know if common knowledge is the right term, but like you're, you don't recall the events of your day with perfect recall, right? Like your memory changes based on your perception of that memory. And I thought it would have been cool if they implemented or they included that in this story, and they did it like it's like a perfect video of the events of certain days and stuff. So
1: well, and I think they tried to in a really roundabout, not great way, touch on it, like the conversation between Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson at one point where he talks about shouldn't you, when she says, shouldn't you have just seen it through my eyes? And he kind of makes her go back and think of a memory, her first kiss mm-hmm. and how eventually she sees it like she's watching a movie which i found very interesting like i found that portion yeah. like the science behind that and the thought process behind how we recall in our minds like you were talking about being very different than what we would think very interesting but then i also feel like they set themselves up for failure in that way because they were bouncing back and forth in these memories like from the watching a video version to the first person first person perspective in some of these yeah like in a lot of ways yeah and so i'm like you can't have it it both ways (laughs) like you're either the memory plays out as like a movie or you're watching it in first person as we would think that we would recall our memories and so i was that one twisted me up a little bit too but i yeah i could bag on this movie all day because its flaws were so glaring but i i do want to talk about some of the things that i loved and i will say this i mentioned it in the spoiler free when we get to I thought i was going to absolutely hate this movie i was leaning towards that the longer it went but once he figures out and he starts going after the cop like once he starts piecing it together and by proxy myself as an imbe- as a movie watcher and i figured out really quickly that the the first client from I, all i could think about is her clementine from westworld that had the sun through mm-hmm. the big baron guy like i figured out real quick that mr pasty as tandyway newton was calling him was that old baron that you see that he couldn't interrogate because of health issues and once i figured that out once you learn he has a son it all kind of fell into place. so it was very predictable that way once i learned all the pieces but what i was interested in is once he figured he starts figuring it out hugh jackman's character he starts looking for that cop. And once the cop comes in and their interactions and fights and things, that's when that that whole movie got interesting with me because you see him figuring out and the visceral nature of his just wanting to murk this cop comes out. And I felt for that because the one thing that the relationship and the acting between Rebecca Ferguson and Hugh Jackman did was it really gave me buy-in to their relationship. So every time he was struggling, like I was emotional with him because he's just so good at acting. So that whole scene, all those scenes between Booth and Hugh Jackman's character were amazing to me. And it saved the movie in the end, because again, the other thing that they do is it's not a happy ending. Like it's pretty dark the way that this movie goes. So I I did like the ending quite a bit when she's talking to him through the memory, knowing that his obsessive personality is not going to let him not look for her and, he's going to take it all the way to the end and figure it out. So she's having this conversation with this cop, but it's actually so that when Jackman gets a hold of this guy, he can see the memory and she's talking to him. I thought that was very clever. That whole 15, 20 minute section of movie. I really enjoyed.
2: I kind of felt a little differently about the ending. Cause I felt that it was building up and it was building up and it was building up and I was waiting for the, this payoff. And then it, It kind of just felt like he got an answer to a relationship issue, and he can now like move on and have closure. Almost again, I was just kind of underwhelmed by it. Like I thought the interest, I thought him and Booth were interesting to see that kind of play out, and the ending was kind of interesting. But I just felt so underwhelmed by it. I don't know if you guys felt that way or not, but it kind of left me going. I just spent the last two hours waiting for this payoff, and it it just wasn't there for me.
0: I thought. My problem with the ending was that we've already we've sat through two hours of this movie. And at no point, except for the very end, does anyone mention that if you intentionally burn someone, that it's a more it's a it's a more intense punishment than murdering someone. I'm like, I've had to listen to Hugh Jackman complain for the last hour and a half. And at no point do we drop this little nugget of knowledge. And you don't learn that until after he like burns the dude. And then, you know, and then he has to go through his whole coma thing. And that was, I, I don't know if that's a big enough problem for me to complain about, but I just like, that's so dumb. Like how, how come we're just throwing this information at me at the end here?
1: You know, are you talking about the punishment for, to, for Hugh Jackman? Because yes. He the guy? Yes. The gotcha, punishment gotcha. for yeah, Hugh yeah, Jackman. Yeah. 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 I mean, so they gave the, and I agree with you there. They, they gave the exposition about burning someone, like what it does to them. And mm-hmm. How bad it is, and they could have easily dropped a line that said, "I mean, to the point that this is that this is so torturous to a person that you know it's it's more egregious in the eyes of the law than murder." So yeah, you'd say I mean, that, that, say that would like would have,
0: even accidentally, it comes with huge legal consequences. Sure, or and
1: like. I, to me, and to your point, like I think the ending went on too long. To me, the the perfect ending for this movie was when it was after. Nick and Watts, when he goes and gets her and gives his confession, like they have this emotional moment of he's like, you need to go find your daughter and I've done what I want to do and I'm happy with where I'm at and I want to go basically into this coma thing. I would have been perfectly pleased with this movie ending as it drifted away and he's giving his confession to her so that they can pull it out of her as part of his trial, if as it fades to black and he's giving, he's starting to tell her the whole story, if it would have just gone to black and ended there. And we have this assumption of he's going to go to jail or whatever it is that they do. And it was the, after that part that I was like, it's too much because I don't care that he's laying in that thing, reliving the memories. No shit. He's going to do that. Like he made his choice. If he gets to do that, he's going to do it. Or even worse, he doesn't get to do that. Right. So, but I want to be able to make that decision. And I, so for me, I think that would have really closed the ending off. I feel like after, especially after everything that goes on with Nick and Booth and how exciting that was. And like visceral, like I said, I, the, the emotion was there. Like, yeah, fry this dude. And I was like, yeah, he fried his ass. And now he's stuck in this terrible burning memory.
0: Dude. That scene was intense. He's yeah. like, no, he's wrong. I'm not going to kill you. I was like, yeah. oh, damn, yeah, we know what he's going to do. How'd you get those scars? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Joker's here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I loved that because of how intense it was and how much I would have wanted him to do that to this guy for what mm-hmm. happened to her. And the, the way that they brilliantly made me hate her and then turn around and go, oh, look, she redeemed herself in the most horrific way possible for her. And now he, Nick, has to live with the consequences of that, those choices, right? So I love that he smoked this guy, but then let that ending linger. Let that emotion yeah. be how we end. Cause that was and intense. Can, yeah. And
0: that might help Ian with his, like, everything's leading up to this intense moment. And then yeah. we can end it somewhere around there. But you're right. They, they drag on the movie for another 15 yeah. minutes.
1: And and the only well, thing they, that happens after that are things that I don't care about. Yeah,
0: they stick him in this pod,
2: and does somebody take care of them? Like this pulled me out of the movie because I'm sitting there Dude, trying to figure out Dude, me too.
0: I'm like medically yeah. speaking, how does this work? Yeah. Because
2: that bath, or that water is like nasty bad in a day. Because you're and how long? What happens to your skin if you were spent all your time in water like that? Like
0: does know. he have a
1: and catheter? It, it brought in? up a lot
2: of questions. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, and why his machine?
2: Yeah, like, put
0: him in one of those pods that Watts was why, selling, right? Why wouldn't they just burn it into him? Just burn the good memories and then stick him in a cell. Or yeah.
1: why and here's my problem. You just convicted this guy or you're going to at least convict this guy of something that you've claimed is worse than murder. Why do we let this man go into a prison of his greatest hits of memories, right? Like the best memories that he has.
0: Oh, that's what he says. Like the DA cut him a deal for, for, oh, um, that's right.
1: That's right. That's right. For
0: uh, his help yeah. in that murder conspiracy case or whatever. That's right. I remember that now, which I'm like, what a generous DA.
1: Yeah. No kidding. I mm-hmm. mean, I suppose that he probably built up some currency from all the help that he, cause it's obviously was this wasn't the first time that he had done this help, Right. But yeah, Dude, that, i'm with you it went too far
0: i would say i did like the hinting towards how ingrained this technology is in society like in the legal system that you can get a, a warrant to go 10 years back in someone's memory and i'm like that is a pretty cool but that also means there's laws around like privacy right yeah one thing i really liked about this
2: movie, was it brought up those kind of questions that were interesting to think about. Because I was sitting there, you know, talking to my mom about it. It was like, so does this go against the right to not self incriminate? Like, how can you just be like, oh, let's pop in your mind and see if you did it or not? So, how that was interesting um, kind of line to follow that this movie
0: brought up. That's a really good point, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I, I don't know. It's sad because I feel like there's so many cool things about this movie. But the story itself, just because there was so much that needed to be set up, it suffered because of that.
0: Oh, I have one more question about the world building side of things. Yeah. Hugh Jacksman, during his huge monologue in the beginning, yeah. explains that the Barons picked up land for pennies on the dollar. I don't understand that. How did they do that? I think Is they it like they flooded it, land? right? Like they made it.
2: Didn't they like, oh, like- make it non-livable In order to buy it up and then it was like the only dry land that was kind of the impression i was getting oh
1: okay okay okay. yeah and it was like a combination of things so as the war was going on and the flooding was happening they obviously weren't going to war the barons so they were destroying land like ian was saying yeah and then they bought people were desperate because they lost their homes they lost their jobs there's so they're all pretty much destitute and so they would sell their land and their what they had access to to these barons for really cheap because desperation creates need right and so you'll sell pennies on the dollar so that's how they they really fucked these people over because they could and they saw an opportunity which we know happens all too often in the world so rich people man man i'm telling you but it was it was uh, yeah and i think oh man it was just such a cool world build on right and i think that's it was just a weird setup you have this war-torn flooding world because of environmental issues these things that will have a chance of seeing in the future if we're not careful and then all of a sudden there's this like detective mystery shoved into the middle of this really weird world that you took so much time to set up that i wanted to know more about it and unfortunately your your mystery in the middle wasn't as interesting as the world that you built so yeah it was really distracting
0: the booth guy i think everyone was like maybe may wasn't who you thought she was and at one time booth was like she's a terrible person (laughs) and when you find out you're gonna be very sad you're gonna have the big sad and i'm like she wasn't a terrible person she was a drug addict i was like Really, that's the worst this post-apocalyptic world has to <laughs> offer—is a drug addict who was dating a drug dealer. Come on, but doesn't Booth say like the truth is gonna damn you? Like he makes it sound
2: so bad, and then you see what happened. You're like, I don't even get how this was that
0: bad in Booth's eyes, let alone yeah, him. Booth is a murderer. He's, yeah. a, he's a he's a mafia hitman essentially
1: yeah crooked cop and
0: may is way better is a way better person than him.
1: no, I'm with you on that. I didn't even think about that. That's an extreme response, like
0: yeah, that's a very like damning review of someone who does drugs
1: and then I mean, yeah. really sacrifices herself to save a child, like, yeah, after having helped kill her mom or his mom
0: is booth's idea of like, oh, she was just conning you, but like he had the memory of her confessing her love to nick to hugh jackman's character
1: so yeah Yeah, it's uh, yeah it's a very interesting and i get the only thing i think of is that it was because booth knew that he set her up to go and get this guy and like make him fall in love but the reason why you start a relationship is very rarely if ever the reason that it continues right and it and it relationships change like that's the other people thing that i think people forget is like And I think it's, to be honest, let me wax philosophical here for a minute. I think that's why we have so many divorces these days is because people expect a relationship when it starts to stay that way forever. Mm -hmm. And it can't. It's impossible. Relationships adapt when people adapt. And people are constantly changing, whether you like it or not. And as you change, your relationship has to change. And the people within that relationship have to adapt with how those changes are happening. So to say that I always get really frustrated when I watch a movie that has this basic relationship trope of a relationship starts. It's really good. Things change in the middle. It goes to shit because they don't adapt. And we just all look at that and go, it's normal. Well, Mm -hmm. change your fucking normal then. You know what I mean? So I liked that for him, he was watching this going, Oh, she did some shitty things. She had a problem. And the reason that the relationship started was really crappy. She tricked me, but at the end we adapted and she adapted. In fact, you can tell that she drug on this mission of getting these memories to try to avoid having to do it all together. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: I did like her, some of the little writing things that they did for her, like, like implying destroy all the memories. Cause if they're all destroyed, then she doesn't have to go through with Mm -hmm. the con. Right. Or you don't love me. We've only known each other for a few months trying to like, Create some distance of when this hits the fan eventually I don't want this to be as terrible as it's going to be it's right, so like little things like that I really liked her delivery of it I really liked that they thought about that and they showed like the like she was actively trying to protect Hugh Jackman's character even though she was pressured into doing this
1: well and the yeah. one flashback piece that the, the memory that they got really well in this movie was the one where she asks him to tell her a story. And mm-hmm. with a happy ending, and he says there's no such thing as happy endings. There's only sad endings, especially when the story's happy, and she tells him tell me the story that ends in a happy story then, then end stop it in the middle because that's she wants to know that she's asking him to confirm that this can end happily, and he's right. saying it won't, even though he has no idea why she wants this, mm-hmm. and so we realize, I mean, right out the gate, they tell you this is not going to have a happy ending, and it's only thing that's happy is in the middle. These three months that they were together and she was led trying to move forward with it. He had no idea what was happening. So it, it was very, that piece and the fact, but that's again, they call back on it and that's technically how they end this movie. That was the other thing that you could have done is in, I talked about cutting to black, right? As he's giving his confession, you could have faded from the confession to that memory And then the completion of that memory where he talks about the Greek tragedy and then cuts it off about it having a happy ending, which it very much doesn't. And then just show him or like, how cool would it have been at the end? He tells that story. It has a happy ending. They kiss. And then it shows this overhead shot of him in his little floating bubble thing. And it just fades away up into the sky away from it and then cuts to black. Like that shit would have been cool as fuck. I I think there were so many things they could have done to make this movie really really better than it was, but it wasn't. The more I think about it, it's not a bad movie. It's just feels like a first time really talented writer making a full movie and directing their so. First
0: movie. If we followed your plan of like cutting to black at that moment, we would miss the scene of him confronting the Baron's son.
1: Ooh, that's which
0: fair. is one of my favorite lines of the movie <laughs> where the Baird son puts the gun to his own head. And he's like, you've never done your dirty work. And I doubt you have it in you to start now.
1: <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> was that after the, the memory? Or was that? Yeah,
2: I think I so. Think it's because he goes I, and he does like all the confession stuff. Right. And then yeah,
1: the I last thought he, like, scene is the memory. Bear. Yeah. I thought he sealed all the things he would need to put this guy away. Oh, that, you're right. Then you're right. Then goes to Tandy to Neway Newton or to Watts and says, "Here's my confession." Knowing that they're going to pull all of that shit out of them anyway. You're right. Yep. Yeah.
2: Man, can you think about how crazy. little they would need to like give people a wire? Like you could send undercover people in and get all the information. Yeah. Oh man, there's so many interesting ways this technology could have been used to create a story, and it's about somebody who had their significant other leave them and finding resolution. And I just feel like you could have done so much more. Anyways, wow. I'll, I'll stop. Dude, I'm getting this into technology like
0: is like the NSA's wet dream. So you can make a whole story <laughs> about that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's uh. true. The like, yeah, the world and especially the technology is far more interesting.
2: Javier. Yeah. I did want to get, Uh, There was one scene that I watched where I was like, I want to hear Javier talk about this. And that's when Watts storms this like bar where St. Joe is. (laughs) The guy gets shot, I'm guessing by a shotgun and flies from the front of the door all the way like over a couple pool tables to the back wall. And then she comes around and it's like a couple nine millimeters or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She clearly doesn't have a shotgun. right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I laughed at that part. He said I was watching it with my brother and it's my true. nephew. And he was just like, this movie, I was taking this movie seriously until this moment. <laughs> Another part of that scene where Han Soto was dual wielding these like huge ass handguns, right? And at one point I'm like, this dude would be shooting himself in the hand. Cause he's like one fully extended one, like by his hand. I'm like, this dude is going to shoot his hand off. Like what? <laughs>
1: There were so many issues oh. with that whole scene in that in that place. Like the whole Hugh Jackman being underwater and like these fish kept coming up and like yeah. bumping him in the face yeah, and just he just here like look on his face and I'm like that's really distracting. And then you could see that they used the same shot like 3 times mm-hmm. because he had the exact same face on like three times when he gets hit by a fish i was like that's lazy editing right there (laughs) but i did love this shot where she shoots the bullet through the tank and he has to like get wide-eyed as this bullet goes through the water up front that part was funny but the rest of that scene was really off-putting
2: and his weapon of choice is definitely a syringe (laughs) because he keeps like pocketing those left and right and then the the guy would would it kill you if you put a syringe through the guy's eye? Like I was thinking that would just be incredibly painful and maybe some
0: like brain damage or something. But he offs that guy with a syringe to the eye. Maybe he shoves it like really far. So it's not just the needle. It's like the whole syringe in there, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can take I a syringe mean- to the eye because there's surgeries and, and procedures where they actually put a needle into your eye. But if you go mm-hmm. far enough, your brain is right there. So, not, yeah. I mean, if you put it that. far enough in and you get, like, the actual casing of the syringe, I mean, I, I think it could kill you pretty quick. And he hits that needle at the end there pretty damn hard. like Puts his weight into it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that would be the, my only assumption is that he got in there and hit the brain. And if you do that, then you're not coming back from that very well.
0: I love but, how they spend yeah. all the time leading up to that scene talking about how, uh, what's her name? Emily, the his sidekick. His yeah, Watt. assistant.
1: Emily is Watt. like this yeah. great
0: shot, right? And then she gets in this firefight and she like can't hit shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: like <laughs> I think I'm supposed to assume it's because she's drunk, right, or something. But yeah, she is like missing left and right, hit a dude's leg. I'm like, dude, get your shit together, sharpshooter.
1: <laughs> well, I, I laughed because the pillars in that place didn't stand a chance. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like, because my yeah. thought was, it's like, oh, just because someone's standing behind there, we're just gonna shoot those. We're not gonna move around and try to get a better shot. No, we're just gonna shoot, and and it's only die. covering like half of them except for Watts because she can stand sideways and then but I'm like yeah. but then she's you got to be able to see the other side of her I, anyway. Yeah, that was a terrible scene. Like yeah. terrible.
0: It was the most like action-packed scene except for the hand-to-hand fight with with Booth, but yeah. I was like when they're fighting, right? In the water and then he falls over and just gets his arms stuck in a piano. I was like <laughs> how does and my nephew plays piano, right? So he's like, worked on pianos. I look at him, but he's like, the space between piano strings are like this far apart.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how he got his <laughs> arm stuck there. Well, and even if he did, so I could see, like, if he went in there far enough and it's decrepit enough, you could get him jammed it because they're tight too. So you could get him to close on your arm. But those strings would shred your arm. Like when he pulls that out like that, it pulls his arm out like that. And there's nothing yeah, wrong. Sounds good. Yeah, no, those strings would shred your arm coming out if you did get them stuck. Because he's not wrong. Like, there's very little gap between strings. You could break a couple strings and get your arm stuck in there, but oh my god, the damage it would do! But the problem with that is, is that piece of a scene that you're talking about when he gets his arm stuck led to one hell of a beautiful visual. Like the cinematography in this movie is outstanding. That was cool when the bottom of that stage or that ceiling falls out and you fall into like that opera house and they're falling with the piano and the two of them are like sinking there. That was such a beautiful shot. And it, so it was really interesting how poor some of the, like the movie was, but the visuals of it were, like, it was really stunning to watch them walking through the water down in downtown Miami or boating to through down down. Like, that was really cool. And I love like the, dark and the light and it was very interesting to me that all of the very positive scenes and memories that and this may go to i wish they'd explain this they don't go out during the day but she rebecca ferguson's character may like to go out at dusk because it was the city hadn't woken up yet she said and she's not on that bed on the ceiling on the roof or whatever but like all of the good memories between the two of them except the couple where they were having sex. And so they were in a bed at night, but most of them, like when they're talking happened in the light. Right. So that I wonder if that is a perception thing for the memory, as opposed to everything happening in the dark in this world now, because of global warming or whatever it is. So I, but I did mm. like the cinematography, the visuals in this movie are outstanding.
0: Yeah. That was a cool thing to look at. I, <laughs> I had a problem with that. Just the swimming in the ocean thing. Right? Yeah. You're like diving down into this offer house. I'm like, if anyone has ever gone swimming in the ocean, you know that just opening your eyes in the water is like a no go.
1: You don't yeah, do no. that. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you don't just o- get used to that shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this ocean is a very clean, considering it has flooded a city. You would you would think there'd be a bunch of debris, but there is not. And we're just yeah, holding our breath, diving, you know, two hundred feet. And one breath, like all those little things. I was like, this looks yeah. amazing. But both of these dudes are
1: dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then that is one silent motherfucker that's been holding his breath for a long time. Oh, yeah. And he comes yeah. out of that hole in the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you would be gasping for yeah. air. Like when <laughs> he comes out and it was a cool visual again. Right. So the guy's sitting there and you see his face pop up out of the water. Then he sneaks up on this guy. But there's two problems. Again, you'd be gasping for breath. There's no way they're that silent. And two, that wood's already so rotted and weak. Once you got out of that hole, there's no way that the strength of that roof or that ceiling stays intact. No. With you walking on it at that point. So,
2: If I'm Booth, I'm standing up top with a board or something to take this guy out as soon as he
0: pops his head up. <laughs> yeah, did he just assume he was dead? Yeah. He just like, one good kick to the chest, that all, that's all it takes to kill this guy.
1: I mean, that, technically, like you said, they were like two or three hundred feet <laughs> in the water. He yeah. should have been dead because they've been in the water for a very long time.
0: Yeah, but Hugh Jackman, I mean, so the dude was in the water longer than Hugh Jackman was. True. So, like, he just assumed that he kicked off of him and served to the surface If Hugh Jackman just died from that?
1: I guess. I mean, nobody said Booth was smart, but yeah, Clearly. there's a lot of things that you have to like really suspend the suspension of disbelief needed in this movie in a lot of places is is very high. Yeah, but yeah, and that was definitely one of them. It was a very cool scene, but it's very unrealistic in a lot of yeah. ways.
0: And then Booth was also simping over May. Where he's everybody like,
1: everybody was simping over May, dude. Like,
0: what's so annoying yeah. about Booth, though, is he's like caressing this earring like he's Smeagol, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's quoting her speech to Nick. And he knows this at this yeah. point. He's uh-huh. just being a little weirdo.
2: Well, did Booth burn that memory in? Cause there's like two times where, like, when Nick finally finds him, he thinks it's May and he's. This girl is caressing his face, saying the same line from that memory that Nick sees Booth kill May. Mm.
1: I don't think he had, well, he might have it burned, but it obviously isn't burned to the extent that, like, the mom is that that guy's mom is because that guy's mom, that was crazy shit. Yeah. That was like
2: the yeah. whole fucking house is just like, she was also, like a
1: dad. yeah.
2: She was also just living in that memory. There was no, yeah. because once he pulls her out of it, and gets her in front of a mirror she kind of like comes to for a while right yep
1: that's all it took was just slapping her in front of a mirror i yeah there's a lot of weird shit there that i wanted some explanation there but i yeah i did find booth's obsession with may odd though i mean i suppose technically they were to a certain degree spending a lot of time together in those three months and so for him i mean it's not unrealistic for him to like fall in love with her and get obsessed with her but it was just they, the payoff wasn't there like the buildup wasn't there for the payoff to be good enough right and so
2: well, I, in- I just think the impression that i got
1: the him and may thing out
2: the impression that i got was that he went and he re-watched that memory so many times trying to figure out where freddie was because she was telling him without telling him and that's mm-hmm. kind of where the obsession with may came from as he's now also forced mm. to relive this intimate memory. Don't know if that's right, but that's what the impression that I that's, got.
1: Makes a lot of sense. That
0: does make a lot of sense.
1: Well, and you that- can tell that he was affected in the moment when she was talking to him, talking to Nick through him. Like he was obviously affected in that moment. So there had been yeah. like some emotional attachment that he had gained enough that that he was giving into what he thought was her. You know, giving him what he wanted in that emotional sense. So it was, it was a really awkward scene because he like loses his shit after when he realizes who he's talking to, who she's talking to. So, mm-hmm. how would that mentally affect you? You have to live with the fact that if this dude ever catches you, you know that she set him up to give you, like, to give him a message through, oh, that's fucked up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so during that speech, she kisses Booth, right? Because mm-hmm. she's kissing Nick. I'm like, if I'm Nick and I'm going through this, I'm like, you kiss this orc-looking motherfucker? Are
1: you for real right now? <laughs> <laughs> but that is a moment where Hugh Jackman's ability to to play emotion, Jesus, that man yeah. can really play. Like, his acting is outstanding, especially when it comes to, like, raw emotion. Like, his anger, his just, his, like, heartbreak like that when he calls tears like that shit's real and then like his visceral anger when he's sitting there and just going at at booth like fuck like the the growl and the just anger in his voice man i love it hugh jackman is outstanding yeah
0: he did a good job in this movie in fact if it was anyone of less less of an actor than hugh jackman I'm not saying anyone other than Hugh Jackman but like the quality of acting if that was yeah. dropped down to even just a notch I probably would say this movie's not worth watching.
1: Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think the the two mains, right? So I think Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson cuz she did a great job of endearing you to her even though you knew there was some shit that was off and even when they were playing her as the villain that they wanted you to think she was for most of the movie. Like you still had this like attachment to her. And again, I'm with you. I think anyone of a lesser value of actor than Rebecca Ferguson and it doesn't work. Yeah. At all. So all right, should we rate this thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll go first. Look, this movie has a lot of flaws, and it it you can tell that it's a first-time director and it's a very talented writer. Lisa Joy is extremely talented writer. She's written some very, very good stuff and very smart things there was a i don't know if you guys ever back in the day it was a tv show that lasted for like two seasons called pushing daisies very, oh, i never saw that i have heard of that though anyway very interesting tv show it was very underrated but she writes very well she wrote she produced and wrote on burn notice which is also a very good show great
0: i writing. love burn notice good,
1: i know right what a great she show writes, she writes on Westworld, which I, you know, I know you guys didn't love it, but I love Westworld and some very good writing in that as well. And she wrote this, and it's a very interesting world. But you can tell it's a first-time director because there's a lot of flaws in the continuity. There's a lot of flaws in the how it plays out visually and things like that. So I'm excited to see more from Lisa Joy as she continues to hone her craft and directing and and things like that. But I love the world that we're in. I want to know more about it. I love the acting. I love parts of the story and I love the intense parts of this movie. The emotion and the intensity was there and it really drew it pulled me in. And visually, the movie was stunning. And then we didn't even talk about so there's a the composer for this movie, the move, the music in this was again outstanding. That fight scene between Booth and Nick, the music, this haunting music that's in the background, because it's not like this action music, it's just this haunting quiet very beautiful music but it was very interesting the music and the the composers a guy named Ramin Jawadi and he composes for Game of Thrones he composed for Westworld he does a lot of really cool things with music so I enjoyed that there are a lot of things to enjoy about this movie but there are a lot of things that really aren't good about this movie as well I think it was better than a lot of the things we've watched but not as good as some of the things we've watched recently so I'm going to just give this an average movie and call it a two and a half and be done with it and I I don't know that I would actively seek this movie out, but I think there's parts that I wouldn't mind watching again, especially with between Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson and then Hugh Jackman and Booth. I think some of those scenes I would be okay watching again, but I don't know that I would ever sit down and fully watch this movie again. Javier, what about you?
0: Yeah, I think I agree with all the the good points that you brought up, like the acting, the, the, the visuals, like all of that's really good. I just think there's a lot lacking in the connection between the, the potential of this cool world and the story it's just not there like that connection it just seems so it almost seems like it like jj you said it's just like different movies that they just sort of mashed together i didn't love that and i agree with ian that it's not it's not a good enough ending for the amount of just torturous buildup that we had to sit through like it was just long and convoluted and yeah there's just Not it's not a good enough buildup for the payoff that you get at the end. But with that said, there are some cool scenes that I think were really awesome. I'm gonna give this a little bit less than an average movie. I'm gonna give this a two, because I like we talked about there's some like really redeeming parts of this, but I just don't think it makes up for the rest of like the things that they missed. So I'm gonna give this two. I'm not gonna actively watch this again. In fact, I probably won't sit down and just wholeheartedly pay attention to this movie again but if someone wants to watch it with me like if i know nicole is a hugh jackman fan so she might want to watch this so she wants to watch it then i'll i'll play on my phone (laughs) while we watch this movie (laughs) some runescape in yeah Yeah,
1: exactly (laughs) all right ian bring us home
2: i'm with you guys too i think we're all kind of in the same boat on this one i felt while there was some cool visuals i often felt like the story was sacrificed to get those visuals and they didn't necessarily mesh well with like how things would happen or should happen even the the 3d versus the 2d and the dreams like by the ending you see may and nick kind of almost in this interactive um, dream or memory visualization device and it felt like the only reason that was 3d was so that that moment could happen and kind of give you the payoff of finding out that you know May and nick did in fact love each other but yeah for me it comes back to i like javier said so much buildup and not the payoff that i was looking for i'm gonna go with a 2.5 and i'm gonna stick at that just because how interesting the world was for me it left me wanting more and like you guys said acting was amazing but 2.5 and i have no plans to watch this again i think this is a one and done you you know the story you're not going to get more out of it by going back and watching it again and yeah. like you would you know maybe like an inception or something which is kind of what I thought this movie was going to be is something more along those lines but 2.5 that's where I stand
1: a couple of two and a halfs and a two pretty average movie right down the middle worth watching if you need something to watch but uh, you know don't stress about not seeing it if you haven't and if you like Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson it's probably worth a watch because those two really do stand out in this movie for sure next week cop shop excited for the shit show of a crazy ass movie it's (laughs) what is it cop shop who's that it's the one with uh
2: gerard butler and uh what's his name
1: yeah frank Frank from warrior yeah frank grillo Ooh, and it's the one where they're trying to kill the guy, Frank Grillo's character. They're two, and then the assassin like licks the window. They've got him in jail. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not
0: crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's
1: like that's psychotic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh so, yeah,
1: yeah. I love Tom John Butler.
0: I liked him yeah. even in the movies that people don't like him in. So
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever not liked him in a movie. But there's like some movies he's in that I just did not like the movie. <laughs>
0: That's oh, that's yeah. that's fair.
1: But I love Gerard Butler. Yeah, so Cop Shop, that'll be next week. Tune in for that one. We're excited for that one. It's either gonna be amazing or a real shit show. So I think
0: it's gonna be a very White House down type of movie. That's <laughs> what I'm
1: afraid of. That's what I'm afraid <laughs> of. But as long as look, as long as Gerard Butler's good, I can't wait. And then it the, just looks like it could be entertaining.
0: Well, so, I'm thinking White House Down meets law abiding citizen. That's what I'm thinking is gonna be like the
1: well combo. Could be a little too much comedy thrown into a very dark movie.
0: Oh, he's in Phantom of the Opera.
1: Oh yeah. That was Is like the Phantom. Big, yeah. That okay, was his big uh, American breakout was that one. That's where he oh. went from doing Scottish roles to being big in American movies.
0: Shut up. Really? Wow. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was reign of fire
1: dude rain of fire's dope <laughs> i love that movie everyone a, hates that movie I, that is a that is a uh, guilty pleasure of mine dude rain bald head matthew
0: mcconaughey really yeah. doesn't for me i want to see and, that in more movies
1: yeah and <laughs> dragons just like and gritty dark versions of dragons and that. Yeah, yeah i fucking love it no i liked rain of fire yeah he was in that but that movie didn't do well enough for it to be his breakout movie. It, it did not do well. If you want uh, in my opinion, one of the best movies Gerard Butler's ever been in is is a Scottish movie. It's called Dear Frankie. KC introduced me to it. It's not uh this is not a happy-go-lucky movie. It is a it's a heavy movie, mm-hmm. but it's got some really great emotional parts and he's a heavy part of this movie i highly recommend if you guys want to go watch an interesting movie see if you can find dear frankie watch it when you're feeling good about life don't watch it if you're sad because it's not it's not got a lot of like it, it ends very well but it's pretty heavy throughout the movie so mm. very good movie though um, i am
0: shocked that i can be a fan of an actor who's in a movie called machine gun preacher
1: yeah i don't think i, I haven't saw seen that one,
0: one. i haven't <laughs> seen it either but it's on his little
1: list anyway yeah. sorry no, it's okay. I, we can talk about Gerard Butler. So. But, yeah, so that'll be coming out on one, on the 20th of September. Cop Shop, that episode. So tune in for that one with us. We'll obviously do a spoiler-free before that. But there is our review and our verdict on reminiscence. Check us out on our website, whatsoverdict.com. Leave us a message. Send us an email at hostofwhatsourverdict.com. We would love to hear from you. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, wherever it is that you leave your – you listen to your podcast. We'd love those reviews. We love hearing your feedback. Check us out on the socials. Come reach out to us at what's our verdict at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us there. They even post about our new episodes. We leave a nice review of our movies. Yeah. It's a fun episode. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye now. Cinemagic Out.